Hello and welcome to the Hoop Troop Podcast. I am Matt O'Connor and joining me as he does on all of our shows is my cousin Luke Drobner. What's up guys? Um, all right. And so we're a week, not even a, we're less than a week out from some preseason basketball, Luke. We got some media days that went on and preseason starts next week. Before we start with this basketball, let's, uh, let's give a shout out to cousin and cousin slash brother, Mike, who's running a marathon this weekend, you know, nice. want to shout him out and show him the support. Yeah. The hoop troop backs him. We really should just whatever he's wearing, put a little sponsor, um, emblem on there. Like, yeah, um, I saw that a lot of the companies that are actually sponsoring these NBA teams that are on the jerseys, like the Jersey patches Mm -hmm. themselves, they've altered their logos to make it bigger. And I don't know if it, I probably should have looked into this before I'm even talking about it, but I saw, um, like, I don't know if it's because the NBA is saying, all right, you know, your your logo can be bigger. Almost, mm-hmm. it's not like what they're doing in, you know, European soccer or whatever, like it, where it's just across the chest. But I mean, right. they're bigger than before. For example, like I'll use the Knicks and Squarespace. Like Squarespace used to be across just in what it was one word, just across the, you know, like the side of the chest. Um, and the logo was right next to it. Now it's like two lines and a logo. Like it's it's much bigger it's uglier, which is, I don't know why either the Knicks or Squarespace would actually want that. Um, but yeah, I did just we, thought it was interesting, but we, we should. Did you send me those photos? How do we know? No, the... I was, I was just on Twitter and I saw like a um, group of them. Like, I forget what they were. There were like a few other teams where it's like, Ooh, they like, still have nothing here on the chest. Yeah. It's, it's like opposite where the Nike emblem is, but it's still like, it, it's still pretty nondescript, but at the same time, like, wouldn't you want something that looks a little more normal when I tell you like this, this Knicks one, it just looks bad. Like, and I don't, maybe it was just, they were altering some things for media day or what, but yikes. I hope that's not what it actually looks like this year. Um, but all right. But yeah, so good luck to, um, you know, former Mike. current, however you want to describe him, uh, hoop troop host, Mike. Um, yeah, I'm actually, I'm going up with him this weekend to see the the corning new york marathon um, how far is that how far is that drive oh god i think like two hours from the city ish oh, okay yeah so it is i think I it's like it in the middle of there. nowhere i thought i thought you guys were gonna be in the car for like four or five hours no but i do think it's like truly middle of nowhere like i think they're known for ah. like glass blowing and stuff <clears throat> yeah it's not gonna be <laughs> it's not gonna be the most glamorous of vacations but i mean it's still gonna it'll get the job done it'll be fun and like I'm down to go watch him run. It's always fun. I've he's done a couple of marathons before, so I always have fun going to watch his. I saw him do New York. That was really cool. I actually saw Woj there and botched it. I didn't go up to him. At the he was in Woj was like with his kid in Central Park, like truly maybe 20 yards from me. And like I saw him, we made eye contact, and like I clearly panicked a little bit. I think he realized he got seen, he got made and like he took off with this dash. Yeah. He kind of dashed. So I think he knew. And honestly, like it was, around the, it was around the, I think it was the right after the KD Kyrie Nets summer. So whatever that was two years uh-huh. ago, whatever. And I panicked. Like I, I had so much to ask him. That was a huge off season for the Knicks and just the NBA. And I did like, I totally, I was just like, Oh shit, that's Woj. And then didn't go up to him. Like nope. I totally could have, but yeah, see, so you never know who you're going to end up finding now in Corning, New York at this marathon. So you never maybe, know. maybe if Woj is there, I'll ask him some questions. All right. So how many minutes are we out from the season? Two, one episodes. 
no, no, no. How many how many weeks are we out from the oh, uh, weeks out? I think it starts end of October. So I think we have like twenty five days ish. I think is something like that. Like okay. 20, so 20 to twenty five. Yeah. Um, preseason though, up. preseason starts. I think next week. I think the games are spaced out. Um, but I'm pretty sure they start next week. Um, okay. yeah. So you know we're at least gonna get some idea of what teams are gonna look like. I know you're not necessarily gonna play your best players, let alone play them a lot. But still, I mean, I think there's enough you can look at. I think you can look at a lot of teams had coaching changes. You can do that and see, like, there's going to be, you know, I, I just think you can see how schemes are going to look. Out. You can get, you can start to guess about, like, I don't know, for example, watching a Mavericks preseason game. All right, Jason Kidd's going to run the offense like this. Here's what it's going to look like with Luca if he plays. Like, I think it's going to be a little like that. But we'll see. I think we're not really going to know until the season starts. You saw the uh... – Luca had media day post I sent, right? The, uh, oh, of course. Like, curious. Yeah. He's locked in. Locked in. For he's good ready. reason. I mean, I think. He wants to get Porzingis traded, so he's got to lock in and be like, get me more help. <laughs> Although, like, you never know. Maybe it works, but I think they got to get him out of there. We'll see, though. We'll see. I mean, I think that's something that they're going to end up having to decide either during this season or at the end of it. If it, if, nothing changes he's he's the weakest link and they got to get rid of him um they need a second like i think Porzingis is good on a championship team but in like a kevin love type role when it was yeah, LeBron Kyrie. definitely but i do think that there's something to be said about like you're coming in with the expectation where he when Porzingis was in new york he looked good granted mm-hmm. he looked good for 15 games then started to get hurt and wear down and whatever <laughs> But yeah. he still did look good. So he mm-hmm. worked under one coaching staff. Didn't look great under Rick Carlisle, but that's because of the way that they ran that offense. It just was not designed for him to thrive. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think, though, if it doesn't work with Jason Kidd, you only, you know, you're two out of three. Like, I think the writing's on the wall there that, like, unless you're the best player on a bad team, you're not going to be this great. So I think they're going to have to do some soul searching at some point, but we'll see. You know, I, I, I'm going to give it time. I think I'm going to give the Mavericks an opportunity to, you know, they've made enough changes to their organization that I think as much as I don't want to give Chris Stapps the benefit of the doubt here, I'm going to give it to him just at least to start the year. I'll give him, I'll give him like two months. Uh, Plus they have, they have Frank now. So I mean, Frank, I mean, literally like I can't think of a better combo than Luca and Frank can't, they're going to be dominant. They're, um, they're so seeing up. him seeing him in a Mavericks jersey at media day was not fun. That was really just it hurt. He looks good it's in the white though. Yeah, because I was worried he wasn't even gonna make it back. Oh, I knew he was gonna be in the NBA. Let's not do that. He's a good player. I have I'll take everyone's real estate on the island, Neil Keen Island. I absolutely am locked in on that. He's a legit nervous. player. Yeah, he is. yeah, you can live in my guest house, Luke, because I have a mansion out there. Okay. Yeah. But all right. <laughs> so Let's turn our attention. We were doing um, we're doing previews for the teams. Previews for some teams. Now you pick two, I pick two. Um, how do we want to start this? Because mine are a little more self-explanatory than yours for why I brought them up. So I'm curious why, why you pick these two. Why don't we start with yours because they connect with Media Day, and then All I'll right. bring them. Up. Cool. So I'm going with both the Nets and the Warriors. And for obvious reasons, because of Media Day, for those of you who were tuned in, um, I'll start with the Nets because 
Kyrie Irving not vaccinated for you know whatever flat Earth reason he has. Um, he just isn't, and you know, I it is a personal choice, but at the same time, when your city is mandating that in order for you to play all of your home games that you have to be vaccinated, it does cause an issue. Like he's he is not going to play in half of his games this year because he won't get vaccinated. Um, which I think really drastically changes the Nets' outlook. Um, there have been some reports that KD might be able to get him to get vaccinated, but, I mean, that's pretty substantial. If you're going to have that, if you're going to have the $30-plus million on your payroll just not playing half the games, it's tough. And especially come playoff time, if you can't play, like, home court advantage isn't necessarily an advantage anymore. So I think... You know, it's, it's, I don't want to necessarily say it's a deal breaker, but I do think that a few weeks back when there were reports that the Nets were looking into trading Kyrie and Kyrie was saying that he would retire if he got traded. I think there's a little truth to that. Cause honestly, if I were the Nets, I might think about trading him. If there's a chance that he's just going to sit out 41 games, 41 plus games, including playoffs, like why have that? Who, do you, who would you trade him for though? Honestly, hear me out. And you're going to, you're going to think I'm crazy. Ben Simmons. Think about that. Him on that team would be perfect. I mean, it's a good fit and you could let him. He'd play, he'd play center. I'm like, I mean, I guess you'd play power forward, but he'd, he'd be your pick and roll set picks type guy. Yeah. I mean, you're going to basically let Harden and Durant play as your guards anyway. And then if you want Ben Simmons to, to handle, think about you're pretty much, it's the same way Fast that you're going to have Kyrie. It's not. Yeah, Kyrie was going to be on ball plenty too. So I think it it totally could work. And I think that, you know, it would solve, it would kill two birds with one stone because I think then Kyrie and Philly would be good with Joel and he would be able to play because Philly doesn't have the same mandate that New York has. And, you know, I, you know, I think it's very clear now since we last spoke that Ben Simmons just isn't going to show up. Like he is very much done. Yeah, um, we keep those reports. Right. So I, I think that, Something's got to give, and I think that would have made sense. But then you have the threat of retirement. Why would the Sixers do that? So I just think it did. It it definitely shed a little light on what's going on in Brooklyn. And I get it. I get why those trade rumors started, because it is it is a pretty significant thought that he wouldn't play in half of those games. Um, that said... We sent some stuff back and forth. When we talk about Kyrie sitting out games... Uh, you, you kind of said he, so he's going to sit out 41 games, right? Right. Half the season at home. And let, let's say it's even less than that because at some point, the, let's say it's, you know, February, we're back down to, you know, seven cases per 100,000 in New York City. They'll start removing some of these mandates and that'll allow him to play again. So let's say he misses like 30 games because safe and healthy protocols. It's not like load management. Wouldn't he, wouldn't he miss those 30s games anyway? Yes. Yes, but. And here's, here's why I say that is because when you're doing the load management, you're strategic about it. You know, you mm-hmm. sit your one good player when another one's out. Say, for example, then you need to have KD or Harden sit because both of them do have something of injury histories. So then have them sit on the road. Yeah, but like, are you willing to forfeit necessarily some road games just because like i just think and i know why would they forfeit road games they have Harden, they have kd they have Kyrie. they need two of those guys to play and if you look at their depth they got guys 
They got Patty Mills. Bruce Brown played well last year. They have uh, Blake Griffin, Paul Millsap, Joe Harris. I know, you but know, say, for example, you're on the road play. against – I'm going to use, like, a decent team. Let's say you're playing um, – The Pacers. Right, the Pacers, who are not – it's just not an easy beat, especially if you're missing – one of those well, I guess guys. at that point you're gonna have Kyrie and one of those guys. I guess you're but still probably still, competitive. They definitely have a fighting chance. Yeah, I don't think they're gonna miss one of those guys if they're on the road in Indiana. Kyrie's gonna play. Yeah, uh, I would imagine. I mean, if he's not playing the home games, he's playing every single road game. He just is. I mean, that's exactly. what you're. If you're Steve Nash, he is playing every road game. Um, but I still just don't think, from a chemistry perspective, for a team perspective, like there's got to be. Some sort. I feel like that puts some strain on the organization as a whole when you have that situation. No, on some level, but I think there's so many guys on that roster who give Kyrie everything he needs. You know, the, um, he's been crazy. He was crazy last year. I think all those guys understand he's going to be crazy. There's nothing you can do about it, and I mean, it's great to have him around when he is around. And I, I yeah, I I, I, I also think ahead. it'll be no no no. I was gonna say I think it'll be interesting to see how the NBA handles handles this because they already said that you know he's not gonna get paid for the games that he doesn't play in his market, um, and it's not specific to him. It's any team that has that. Um, so currently that's the Nets, the Knicks, and the. Oh, we saw um, that. Um, we saw that some of the teams are gonna get tax benefits from them missing games. So Kyrie oh, doesn't get his $300,000 game check. That saves the Brooklyn Nets $900,000 in tax, in luxury tax. So and the way I see it, is Kyrie Irving going to miss some games? Yes. Do the Nets care? Probably, you know, as a, as a competitive team, they're going to care. But if they're the four seed instead of the one seed, I don't think they're going to care. And I'm sure the owner is very happy to – receive some of that money back he doesn't want to pay all that luxury tax so no and right and i think especially when and i was going to talk about the warriors as well because they're in a similar situation with andrew Mm -hmm. wiggins i think that it does like i think would the warriors like to save some money on andrew wiggins a hundred percent kyrie irving's not really the guy you want to save your money on like i feel like that they brought him in for a reason and the goal was for him to play more than 41 games You know, like, I just think I look at this and I'm looking at it and maybe I'm not being sympathetic enough to his thought process. Like, I don't want to be, you know, I definitely think that just get vaccinated. Like, what? why are we debating this? The science supports it, but fine. For whatever reason, he won't. Like, I just think this is between him disappearing last year, this, like, I think he keeps, he keeps giving me reason as, as ownership to be, frustrated to be antsy and to 100%. be like to be pretty i would be questioning like just the situation as a whole like i wouldn't i wouldn't trust his allegiance to the team to playing basketball to winning a championship to accomplishing the things that he's they're clearly terrible, trying to do he's a terrible employee but he's a savant in some type of way good. Right? yeah he's just damn good at what he does i mean he's top 20 in the nba like there's no denying that It'll hurt his earning potential maybe later in his career if he wants to continue to act like this when he's not in his prime. But as of right now, I think the Brooklyn Nets are willing to 
kind of take it as it goes with Kyrie in order to win a championship, right? And in my opinion, like, you know, we talk about the Lakers. I think if the Brooklyn Nets are completely healthy and they meet the Lakers in the NBA Finals, the Brooklyn Nets will win in five or six games. Probably, but if in this scenario, your assumption that these requirements change or anything like that and say he isn't vaccinated, he's -hmm. missing the home games in the playoffs too. And as we said earlier, if you're just going to be okay with a four seed, you might not have home court advantage in, you know, some of some or several of those playoff series and the finals. So I just think you look at that. A Milwaukee team who will probably be at the top of the standings. Right. And you won't have Kyrie for half the games. Like, I just think it is, it is scary to think that you're going to be without your, I guess in this case, your third best player, which is just the fact that he's even considered your third best player is, is unbelievable. But I still think that it ma- like it, it substantially matters when your backup is going to be still Bruce Brown. Who's coming off the bench? Patty Mills, I guess, is going to come in and probably start in place of him. But like that drop off is significant. Like that is, there is no way that you can really take that lightly. So no. I don't know. I think it'll be, it'll be, I don't even know if I want to call it interesting. I think it's going to be almost stressful for Nets fans watching this unfold. Like, I think it's really not going to be a, a pleasant experience. So maybe I'm wrong here, but I don't, I don't think this ends particularly well. I agree with you. All right. So now that I've gotten that out of my system, I do want to switch to the Warriors because I actually, with Wiggins in mind here too, let's say he misses half the games because he's giving, he's doing the same thing. They don't really have the same leeway that the Nets have where you have, you know, these two bona fide superstars. Like I think you're undoubtedly going to have Steph looking fantastic. You might not have clay looking his best you might i don't know um so i think it's up in the air Mm -hmm. lastly like you have a lot of young guys you have wiseman you have kaminga like you have these you know other guys i think draymond hopefully doesn't keep taking steps back but he hasn't looked he didn't look great last year maybe he's just been checked out because the past two years is you know best players have been injured or whatever but i just think that there's a lot to be concerned about and uh, Wiggins pretty much had his best season of his career last year. So I think losing him, yeah, it's it's not as bad as losing Kyrie, but it does matter. So I think looking at their season, does losing Wiggins, do you think, change your... Do you think losing him changes your perspective about where they end up in the playoff landscape? I think uh, I think they're definitely gonna be a little lower, right? I, like if their whole team was healthy and Clay plays as well as he can, and let's put that around like a All Star level player. I, th- I think they're uh, you know they could potentially be a top four seed in the West. I think without Wiggins, you kind of see them more like four through seven. I don't know if like I really I don't know if it's gonna really affect them that much, and that's just because they have so much depth. Depth. I'm looking at their roster right here. They have Andre Iguodala, Jonathan Kaminga, Otto Porter Jr. Uh, I can't say his last name. The uh, oh, Bielitsa. Valencia, Valencia. Yeah. However you say it. Did you Shooter. hear about him? On the him with Wiggins in the hallway. Maybe. 
that media yeah, day. Yeah, Bielita. Yeah. So I like. I don't know if they have the depth that shooting guard is. Shooting guard might be a question, but I think they have lineups right where maybe you you don't get the same creation from Andre Iguodala that you do get that you get from Wiggins, but I think they have enough players on their roster to kind of figure that out. They also have a uh, Moses Moody who could yeah. also be really great. He's the rookie. So. Right. And then I did, I did love that pick. I actually was kind of hoping he would fall to the Knicks at some point, but he didn't. Um, so I do, I think that they have good young pieces, but I, I think having to lean on them early is not ideal, especially, especially. we saw what happened with Wiseman last year. And I know every prospect isn't the same, um, but it is. I mean, and I think it can, when you're trying to be a playoff contender, that sort of thing, it matters. It definitely does. So I am nervous for them as well. I, I think that given this news, if nothing changes, I think that they're going to be like 10, 11 seed, maybe, maybe. I mean, like, and that's assuming Clay comes back and looks. You really think so? <sighs> I still think they're a great team. I think Curry can keep them afloat long enough for Clay to come back, and then Curry can get some a little bit of rest. And um, you know, I, I, like, I'm not. Sh- oh, Luke, you're breaking up a little bit. We're gonna have to. Um, we're gonna cut through this a little bit here <laughs> when we get Luke back in. Can you hear me? Yes. All right. You're back. Okay. You're clear. I don't know. Whatever that good sandwich you were eating, I think that must have just messed with the airwaves a little bit. So there's two frequencies of internet, right? Um, There's 2.4 gigahertz bandwidth and there's a 5 gigahertz bandwidth. My 2.4 doesn't get all the way to my Ah. bedroom. So here I am sitting in my bedroom. I got to switch to the 5G. Damn. Well, all right. You're back now, though. And that's what Yes, I'm back. So anyway, uh, we're talking. We're talking about the Warriors. I was saying that they would be like the ten, the eleven, and I'm just afraid that if Clay doesn't come back and look himself, if Wiggins does miss forty-one games, I just could see them losing more often than I would li- honestly like for them to lose this year. I think that they could be a fun team. Yeah. So I don't know if Wiggins makes that big of an impact. Like I, I think he's a great player. You know, obviously twenty points a night helps, but. I don't know if we're saying if we have Wiggins playing more, we're a playoff team versus if Wiggins isn't playing, you know, we're not a playoff team. I think you lose Wiggins, maybe you fall a slot or two, but I don't think all of a sudden it's like we're in the playoffs, we're out of the playoffs, right? I think it's more just like we need to see some more from other people. And I mean, like I said, I like they might not have the depth at shooting guard, but they have lineups. And I think that helps, especially when you're playing a bunch of different teams and you need to kind of figure it out where, you know, maybe one night against the Lakers, you got to play a little big, right? So you, you play, you know, Andre Iguodala more minutes or Jonathan Kaminga more minutes or something like that. And, yeah, like you said, like leaning on some of these guys can be tough. But, um, you know, let's say like Jonathan Kaminga has an off night and then you're on the road the next night and Wiggins comes back. You can kind of work on things with Kaminga. I think this gives Kaminga an opportunity to step up and be a leader and be a producer. And same thing with Moses Moody. Uh, especially especially trying to fill in that uh, role at shooting guard. I think both of them kind of played that position. Um, you kind of you, – you get a, a feel where, like, almost like Jalen Green's going to get where he's playing every minute of every game. He's making mistakes, and it, like, it feels – you know, there's a lot of development there. But when Wiggins is back, it's like, okay, we can take a step back. 
you know, how, how comfortable do you feel in this role? And so as things change and people grow and whatnot, you, you might, might see some surprises from some of the, the bench pieces on the Warriors. And that's, that's so that's just how I feel. And I like Steph Curry so great. It's so hard to think that he can lead a team to at least, a, you know, a playoff run, even without Wiggins. Right. I think without Wiggins, they're still a fine team. I mean, yeah, I agree with that. I don't love Wiggins, but I like him in his role there. And that's why I think that is like, it's, it's again, not the same thing as losing Kyrie, but mm-hmm. it matters. Like he's, I'm going to say outside of Draymond, your best defender. Like, I think that that, and especially like on the perimeter, that stings a little bit. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I do, I think you're right. Like, it's not like it, it's going to cripple them. It's not like they're losing. It's not like how, when they lost, play for two seasons like it's very different than right so i'm not trying to put the same gravity but it it, i do think it changes their outlook a bit um but you're right i mean if you save some money on the um the luxury tax bill like i guess you don't mind if you're um you know ownership it it just isn't that big a deal all right now that we've got projects make 31 million so yeah i think you said that post they they save one million dollars every time he sits a game and I think, yeah, I th- or I think so, it's, yeah, something like that. Um, or I think it's less. I think so it's if you're like, like a um, fringe playoff team. I think it was like, like a fringe playoff team. Let's 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 say they missed the playoffs. Wouldn't you rather like have that million dollars back if you're the owner? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yes. If you're just the owner, when you've already had your three championships with the other guys, like, right? Yeah, I'll take. I'll keep my money. Like I. I but then again, your window, you understand as an owner, your window with Steph Clay, like this group is closing. You don't really want to forfeit a year, but if you're going to have to, then yeah, you might as well save some of the bottom line while you're at it. Trade, trade Draymond and Clay for draft picks, you know, and Curry's a lot. You can't, you can't disrespect Curry. If Curry wants to be on the roster, you let Curry be on the roster. So. I mean, I think you owe that to Clay too. And and to a lesser degree, to I mean, a lesser degree, Draymond. But yes, no. If you owe it to Clay, you owe it to Draymond. I think they both had equal. I don't brothers. know. He's think, not a I splash brother. He's not a splash brother, but I don't think those Golden State Warrior championship teams are the same without Draymond. No, I, like he makes or breaks those teams. But they're and not that's just because of his ability to. He can guard one through five. He's so switchable. It, it makes I know, it so but they're also not the same without Iguodala. Like it's just you had a bunch but, of those. They're not the same without Kevin Durant. You could, yeah, no, of course not. But uh, like you could find a replacement for Andre Iguodala. You could find like another six six wing who can shoot and play defense. That's a very standard build for the NBA today. But it's so difficult to find someone who's who who can play that small ball center so successfully like Jeremiah Green has. Like you know, you kind of get a little bit out of like a Marcus Smart. You know, but even then, like not the same level as Jermon Green. I think Draymond's ability to be a defensive leader and his ability to create space for Clay and Steph to do what they do, I just I don't think there is. Uh, I think I think it's invaluable, especially those championship teams. So all right, all right, then yeah, you are you are much more loyal to Draymond than I would be if I was. Uh, Band deserves his respect. Yeah, I mean, sure, fine. But if it meant winning another one with Stephen Clay, he's out, he's gone. <laughs> he's, yeah. he's yeah, hit the road, buddy. You're <laughs> done. Um, but I'd do but the same right. thing if it was like Clay or Clay or Draymond. I would be like, you know, yeah. You would. You don't know. You, you, you don't know what Clay's gonna look like when he comes back. Right? I 
I don't care. I would, even if you're just sitting in the corner <laughs> shooting, I don't, I do not care. Is Draymond annoying? Yes. You know, do I think he has some really hot takes? 100%. But when it comes to on floor impact, I think Draymond and Clay might fall around in the same value of a replacement this year. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I, I oh, here. don't know. A tweet, think... a tweet to back me, a tweet to back me up right here. Zach Levine praises Draymond Green as the best teammate ever from their time in the Olympics. Okay. Zach, has Zach Levine ever played with LeBron? Draymond is probably not the best teammate you could have. He didn't play with Steph. He didn't play with half the guys who were supposed to be on the team. Are you trading, are you trading Draymond for LeBron? No, no, no. I'm just saying you can get leadership elsewhere. Okay. You, yeah. Like, I don't – also, like, Steph has been in the league forever. He can be my leader. I, Draymond can leave. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, all right. I've got my, my Nets and Warriors fixed, so I want to change gears now to two teams that I really didn't overly think about until you said, all right. Let's pull them into the discussion. So, where do you want to go first? Yeah, let's uh, let, let, uh, let's do the Grizzlies because I, I feel like I have All a right. lot to say about the Raptors. Okay, so where do you want to start with Memphis? Because my head goes first to the Stephen Adams trade that happened this offseason. Let's just talk about their roster is a little yeah. different than it was last year, and they're I mean, a growing team. They're making a playoff push here, so. Um, do you, you know, think adding Stephen Adams helps? It gives it gives them a different look. I think Jonas Valanciunas is a very good player, but I don't think he was necessarily the right fit. It's almost like a. Um, I don't know about that. He was pretty damn good for them, and like, oh, they, don't don't get me wrong. He's a he great center, great rebounder. You know, scores twenty points a game. He's had some massive games for them too. He's had games where he goes like thirty and twenty. Or I almost played him a little bit like a Nurkic pre-injury you know where you kind of say like but wow, he can spread the be floor really, really better good. than that like he's definitely like i just think steven adams is reportedly working on his shooting so you never really know what steven adams looks like especially in this new grizzlies offense but i think steven adams is a better pick and roll partner for john morant and i think steven adams plays better defense especially when uh if you have a healthy jaron jackson like what does that look like playing next to bound Junis for steven adams or they have other guys on this roster who can kind of create their own shot a little bit. Dylan Brooks kind of showed flashes last year in the playoffs where maybe he could play a little bit pick and roll, you know, get a shot off the bounce, something like that. I still think they're looking for a true wing score. When it's when it's the game's on the line, are you dumping the ball in John Morant's hands? Maybe, but you'd rather have like a Kawhi. You'd rather have a Paul George, right? And I think they have some people who could potentially be that in the next couple of years. They drafted Zaire Williams out of Stanford this year. He's like 6'8" you know, had the scoring potential, blah, 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 kind of fell. Uh, his draft stock fell a bit because he had a subpar year at Stanford, but we've seen uh, we've seen players kind of have an off year come into the, the league and be different. Like, Darren right. Fox had a, like, the way Darren Fox, Darren Fox was supposed to be John Wall at Kentucky. Still had a great year. Didn't shoot the ball great. There's a lot of questions about his game coming in whether or not it would translate, and he, he's proven that it was just an off year for him. So maybe it was the kind of the same thing as Zary Williams. I think that, you know, we have a team around him. Why not just pick him up and say he could be great at some point for us? You know, why not take that risk? And they I also mean, have – they picked up Jared Culver from the Minnesota Timberwolves. That's a project. I think is interesting because 100% of projects – they've, they've done this with other guys. 
Um, they have uh, they had Josh Jackson from the Phoenix Suns, who's drafted fourth overall. They brought him in, kind of trying to want to see what he would do. Didn't really work. You out. never really know with him, right? Like when when you when you draft someone high, you draft them high for a reason, and it could just be that the place they were in was not conducive to their growth. And you kind of yeah, see that with Jared Mm-hmm. I, I think Jared Culver kind of got uh, shoved down to the bottom of the depth chart on the Timberwolves roster, especially when you draft Anthony Edwards first overall. And you um, have a Kobe there. Know, like there's just guys competing for similar roles for minutes. Right. right. And so I think, I think Culver could end up being a sixth man type player. I, I could, you know, you could see both Zaire Williams and Jared Culver kind of be like a Karis Levert. So and that, that's kind of what they need, right? They, they just need someone to score outside of just like a set offense. Cause I don't know if John Grant has that ability to do that yet, where like he'll shake and bake someone and pull up for a mid range. I don't know if you agree with that. I just don't know. I look at the roster and I don't know. Is it better than last year's team? And like, I, I wouldn't think, say so. No. And that's why, unless the players you have on your roster make a jump mm-hmm. and not only make a jump, but a bigger jump than players on other rosters make. How are you then going to be fighting for a legitimate playoff spot, not just a play-in spot? I kind of, I kind of see them as like the um, New Orleans Pelicans. They have a lot of young players, you know, they have solid pieces. It's whether or not like you're going to see these guys take a step into being playoff yeah. players. I think Stephen Adams is a is a proven. You know, he's been in the playoffs. He's, he's sure. you know, he could be that guy who's kind of – there's guys on that roster like Jaron Jackson, Brandon Clark, Xavier Tillman, who all kind of, you know, could use him as a mentor. And I think John Morant's got fire in him. I think we yeah. all know that. Like, he's looking oh, yeah, to dunk on people. He's looking to make plays. He's trying to win. I think he brings a mentality that ends up putting you over the top. I don't want to say – you know, I don't want to be like, oh, Zion's bad. Zion's never going to be that, this, that. But you kind of don't see that from Zion, right? Like, you don't see this – you know you, i mean he's great he's great but there's an intangible aspect to being great you know yeah i i don't know he's pretty damn good but getting back to media day a little bit did you see i mean he broke his foot and had surgery somehow they kept that quiet throughout the off season but True. you never know what he's gonna look like that's two injuries in consecutive years for him not not what you want to see if you're the pelicans when you're 300 pound stars getting hurt pretty much every season. Um, But anyway, back to the Grizzlies. Um, I do, I know what you're saying. I think Ja absolutely has that, you know, killer mentality. It's almost like a, Mm -hmm. like, I don't want to say it's not Michael Jordan, but it's, it's kind of like that where you have that just like will to win. He's going to attack the rim and just wants to just kill everyone. He kind of has that. Um, And you know, at some point throughout his career, like, I love this year is not the year. I'll say that about the Grizzlies. And that's just because I think it takes longer for these guards to get good. It, it, like he's only 21, 22. I don't know how old he is. He won't be that guy until he's 24, 25, 26. And he'll start entering his prime where he starts making like these brilliant point guard plays. He'll start, you know, being a scorer rather than like a pick and roll type guy. And it just takes longer to learn that as a point guard, just by the nature of the game. Yeah, I mean, I do, and that's why I think having uh, – and, again, I still think Valanciunas would have been just the better fit as a whole. I think there's something about continuity as well um, and familiarity with the players you're, you're on the court with. But I think Stephen Adams, having, having played with some of the better guards of our generation 
of basketball. Mm-hmm. Like I think Westbrook, I think Westbrook and Morant draw a lot of comparisons. I mean, and then you throw Chris Paul in there too, who he's played with. He's also played with um, SGA. You know, mm-hmm. I think he's been around some great talents and had to, he's learned quickly and on the fly what works in those systems with different guards who are stronger at different strengths. So I think that he can bring a lot to jaw and I think he can say, Hey, like, I'm going to do this. You know, this is what I used to do with Westbrook. This is what I used to do with him. And like, they would think some things out at the same time though, like, but you lose the pick and pop that you had with Valanciunas, which I think. I'm not concerned Mm. about it at all. Dylan Brooks is a shooter. Kyle Anderson is a shooter. Jaron Jackson is a shooter. You know, Moran can shoot. So, I mean, if, if, if Adams just is rolling, nothing wrong with it. You know, it just, and I think, uh, I think they have a lot of, I think there's a lot of shooting on that team in general. So, I mean, yeah, I guess I'm just not as optimistic as you are. Like I, I thought, I thought it was a strange move and I guess they did make consecutive moves after that to get other pieces. Like you mentioned, think about, think about guys like Blake Griffin, who is like miserable in Detroit and didn't really want to play there and, uh, kind of didn't play well. And then all of a sudden he's on the Brooklyn Nets. He's doing stuff we haven't seen him do in a long time. I kind of feel the same way about Steven Adams. I don't think, well, I don't think Steven it was Adams just shouldn't have, shouldn't have been on the Pelicans. That was a, I don't know why they did that to themselves. It was a terrible mistake, but like, I do think that he's going to have to bounce back just situation alone for Steven Adams. This is so much better than being mm-hmm. in New Orleans. Like it just, that was a terrible fit. It was not, Mm-hmm. at all conducive for him to have like success. So I just thought it was a strange thing when they did it. And I understand why the Pelicans swapped because Jonas is now going to space the floor. So Zion can be down low and doing mm-hmm. his thing and shooting like 78% from the field. So, but all right. You have Jonas Valanciunas' three point percentage. I'm looking this up. Okay, he shot one three a game at at thirty seven percent. One three a game at thirty seven percent. I don't know how often he's like. I think I think you're right. He's a he's definitely a better shooter than Adams, but I'm not sure if that goes all the way out to the three point line. I think he kind of gets in there at the long mid range, and that's that's my like a hundred percent different than Stephen Adams, who you're not comfortable taking those shots with. You know, you don't want to say like, oh yeah, Stephen, go ahead, take those shots, but. Um, uh, maybe I'm wrong. No. And uh, I mean, I think that's fair. Like, I just, I look at it and even if it's not three pointers, like I think it's mid range shots. Like, I just think there's enough that he did, um, to give you comparable, like rebounding the ball defensively. That's more why I look at it that way, but I know, mm-hmm. I know what you're saying. Like, I, I, I do fundamentally think that there could be an improvement, um, with jaw and Steven Adams versus jaw and Valanciunas. But uh, again, I'm just going to have to wait and see, but I am, I'm a little skeptical. Okay. All right. Let's move on to the, uh, the Toronto Raptors. Sweet. Hit me. What do you got? This roster is garbage. This is a, this wow. is gonna be a terrible team. I did not expect you to be so negative. I thought this was going to be a positive Raptors experience. No, no, no. This is going to be – I think the Raptors are going to be absolutely terrible this year. They're going to finish near the bottom of the East, which means they're going to be near the bottom of the league. Wow. Uh, you think they're going to be that bad? Yes. Back in think, Toronto. They're not even the Tampa Raptors anymore. No, I don't think I don't think Pascal Siakam or Fred Van Vliet should be considered as a first option on the team. I think they have pieces who could be around for a long time. 
you know, you, you extended Fred Van Vliet and Pascal Siakam and OG Ananobi. Um, I'm pretty sure they just extended Gary Trent Jr. You extend these guys as you continue to draft. I think you, uh, I think you end up having something in a couple of years, which is why when we look at their draft and all the draft boards are like, you got to pick Jalen Suggs. You got to pick Jalen Suggs. And out of nowhere, they took Scotty Barnes. I think that was so brilliant. I like, I, and oh, that's just. Oh my God. And I guess, yeah, you're right. You're giving, um, you're, you're sticking with that. credit. You're, I mean, we're, we're thinking about like what type of build you think about like the Cade Cunningham versus Jalen Green debate. Like how could you not pick Cade Cunningham? Six, eight plays like a point guard. You know, he's really a small forward. Like how do you not like that? Right. You know, you got guys like LeBron and Grant Hill and, uh, Luca, right? They yeah. fit that mold. Scotty Barnes is the closest thing to that. And if you're trying to make it all the way, right, where you have like a bona fide star, you have a guy who's a top 10, top five guy in the league, Scotty Barnes is your best chance at number four to do that. Wow. So you, you're you a pretty firm Scotty Barnes believer. I mean, it, I, think, I don't dislike him at all. I think, I think, I think, I think Nick Nurse has done this a million times. You think about the the development from the Raptors G League onto their Raptors roster and then into the championship year. You talk about guys like Fred Van Vliet. You talk about guys like Pascal Siakam, right? And, and uh, you know, you, you'd like to see some more development out of someone like OG Ananobi, but when you got guys on the roster who kind of take away minutes from him, when you got, you know, um, you're kind of looking to have him more as like a, a role player, you don't see the the you know he doesn't reach those Kawhi levels Kawhi Leonard levels but I think with Scotty Barnes they're going to look at it completely different I think they're going to take a nice to so with him I think they're going to make him work hard I think he's going to get better year year in year out I mean all right I mean, let's let's look at this so he's he's probably not going to start because you're going to be starting Ananobi he's yeah. probably going to play like 20 minutes a game I'm guessing something like that yeah. um which I think is perfectly slow. Maybe they mix it up. He plays at the same time with Ananobi. I don't know. Um, yeah. But if they are playing it slow, wouldn't you want to see him in the starting lineup? Like if he's kind of your future, um, you sprinkle in some Gary Trent minutes. You'd love to see him in the starting lineup. Yeah, uh, eventually. And I'm not saying you have to do that right away. But I'm also looking at this in the mold that you're saying where they're not going to be in contention for the playoffs. I kind of disagree i think they're let, not let me, like i think they're going to be in contention for like the 10 or the 11 like they're not going to be really in the heat of it but i think me, they're yeah, going to be no they're gonna be terrible i also think like they have Dragic on the terrible. roster and you know and... what you know Dragic is gone he's a he's a middle of the season trade right you're bringing someone back for him like something is coming back in that trade and it'll help because a, a second round pick and a role player and another role, add another, like, I just think that this team has enough talent on it between everyone we've described that you're going to no, put together have, no. wins. They're going to put together wins. Don't get me. I don't think any team in the NBA right now, I don't think there's no, a I single don't. team in the NBA right now where I look at their roster and I say, this team is garbage. I don't think there's a single team in the NBA right now. I think this is a competitive team. Fred Van Vliet and Pascal Siakam are proven winners. You're going to show up in Toronto. You're going to have to play hard. You're going to have to play 48 minutes of basketball almost every night. Let me also I, ask you this. Okay. Scotty Barnes, Scotty Barnes put point guard in college. 
you take Fred Van Vliet off the floor, or you take Gary Trent off the floor, and you put Scotty Barnes in at point guard. I think that's how we're going to see Scotty Barnes play. I think we're going to see a OG a Pascal Scotty Barnes lineup at some point. You even might see Precious Achua in there at center. They have they have like these they have these guys who are all between six six to six ten, can guard one through five, can shoot the ball. They have they have four of those guys on their roster. OG, Pascal Siakam, Scotty Barnes, and Preston Chua, who looks pretty solid for the Miami Heat. I think he was second team all rookie. So I think they have an incredibly versatile roster. I think a lot of these guys are going to there's going to be a lot of load management or you know injuries. So, but that's why I, I think, think I think for the reasons you're describing of uh, that they'll be able to string together some wins. Like I think they're going to they're going to be competitive in most games they play this year. Like, I don't think they're going to be getting blown out of the gym. Like they're not. No, but because of that, like, I think that there's going to be plenty of games that swing in their favor. And if they do have the cohesion and chemistry that, you know, I think a Nick nurse and Masai Ujiri led team can have, I don't see why they can't be a play in team. I'm not saying they will, but I don't think that they're going to be a bottom five team in the NBA. Maybe, maybe, maybe a play in. They're not that's what I'm, I'm not right. I'm not saying that they're going to be this, you know, tough out in the playoffs. No, I think they're going to be fighting. They're going to be in like they're going to be like what the Pacers were last year. Let me let me ask you this: name ten teams, name five teams worse than the Toronto Raptors in the Eastern Conference. If you look up the Eastern Conference right now and you look down the list, name yeah. five teams that are worse than them. It's really Detroit. hard to do. Detroit, I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with Orlando. I am going to go with, ah, man, this stuff. Cleveland, probably. There's, okay. yeah. I'll, I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. Um, yeah, and then it gets a little tough. But that's why I think that they're going to be fighting for it. Because I think you're going to have teams like, you know, I don't know, Charlotte is good but are they going to be playoff good i think they probably are i think teams like um in like indiana i think a team like um i don't know uh like the wizards you're right though it's gonna be i i think they're gonna need to have some things their way like like realistically i could see them 12 yeah i (laughs) i don't i can't see them any higher but like do we know the bulls are definitely gonna be good like i like i think they will be i think they're probably gonna be i can't but the bulls are at least top 10 they have better they have more talent than toronto which i agree based off talent they're gonna like the worst they could possibly be is like 10 11 that's the worst they could possibly be that's on paper and so i'm saying Look at what didn't we say that like, everyone thought the Knicks were gonna win like 20 games last year and they won 41 in a shortened season. Like I don't that's because that Julius Randle came back as the most improved player. Okay, and what if Siakam plays like the guy they paid him to play like? I, I just I'm not I saying okay, I'm not I'm not I'm just saying I wouldn't write it. Yeah, off. okay, okay, okay. I think if that Pascal Siakam has a Julius Randle type <laughs> season. I don't know. I, mean, I can see them being great. Look, I'm saying maybe he puts something else into his repertoire other than a spin move into the paint. Like, I sure. just think that's all Siakam was doing. And I maybe he worked on stuff in the offseason. He had a long one. Like, you never know. Like, I just think uh, there's enough reason for me to be optimistic that 
they're not going to be staying in Tampa, not in their own beds or near their families. Like, I just think, sure. yeah, I think they're going to be more comfortable and they might win some more games and like be somewhat relevant. I, just, I want them to be bad so bad. Let's look at the. I, want them to be bad. I don't want, well, I guess it's, I do want them to be bad. So I'm, it's just wins for the Knicks, but like, mm, I don't. I don't know. I, I don't dislike this Raptors team. Like I like uh, everyone on their roster. Like just as far as there's no one who I'm angry with. Right. I know the uh, I know the top players for the 2022 NBA draft. Paolo Vanchier and Chet Holmgren, who I think would yeah. both fit very well on the Toronto Raptors. You're already so, on it. I'm already on it. I want them. I want them to. But they're they're I not in the position bad. where you would go best available either ah uh, all right i'm tankathon you ready for this one tankathon's got them at 11 in the nba at a purdue university there it is Jaden ivy who is a lot like john morant I, I watched a lot of his basketball because as you might know i'm a purdue alum there it is he's a little john moranty his mom coached john morant in middle school or something like that interesting so all right, he's very so athletic. he's got someone to model like the game three, six, four, skinny kid. He's got flashes. You see him do stuff on the court, and you're just like, Phew. so that's it. Yeah, yeah. He might he, lottery. That's the first lottery pick Purdue's had in a long time. You know, hey, I mean, that, uh, hey, that's progress. It is progress. <laughs> We're building a program here. Yep. But, uh, <laughs> no, I mean, I don't think they draft for fit. There, excuse me. I think they do draft for fit. They're not necessarily just going best available because of the guys you have in your roster, which I think, I think can for, lead to issues. I think they're going to look for a guy who can be that guy. They're going to look for a guy who can be a Luca or LeBron, and I think that's who they're going to try and draft. I think they're going. I don't know the, outside of, outside of Jaden Ivy, Paolo Banchero, and Chet Holmgren. I don't recognize any of these names on this draft board. Well, in all so fairness, I no, don't like, really know who they'd be drafting, but in all fairness, we have a we have plenty of time to start to get knowing the prospects. I hardly even. Oh uh, yeah. I mean, we got plenty of regular NBA season to, and college to, and everything to go. I'm trying to get in the mind of Masai Ujiri right now. I'm trying to. I'm trying Impossible. to think about how many how many steps ahead is he is he than the rest of the NBA. I there, want to know there are 29 like, other GMs and prospective GMs trying to figure out where he's at and how many steps ahead he is. So and he's, he's somewhere on another level. I can almost guarantee you. So, and I think at some point during the season, the Raptors will probably pick up another first round pick or something. They'll, they'll, they'll move some pieces around. They'll try and find ways to uh, increase their chances of hitting the lottery and hitting the lottery big. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it depends on how the start of the season goes. But yeah, I could easily see that. I could see them shedding and just, you know, trying to do development, that sort of thing. And, you know, you have your little um, like silver lining wins. What was that? If, if there's one, I'm excited for the Raptors. If there's one team where I'm like, wow, this team is so bad, but I have to watch their game, it's going to be the Raptors this year. I'm excited for Raptors basketball. I mean, I, I don't even like, I might. I'm trying to think of another one. Uh-oh, Luke is frozen again. Oh, you're back. All right, we, we lost you for a second there. You got frozen. I'm back, okay. You were given, you were given a big one of these. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah. <laughs> hey, yo. Um, yeah, there we go. Um, uh, I'm excited for Hornets basketball, too. I don't, I don't know if I, I've told you yeah. that. I think LaMelo Ball is electric. 
I think they got like six or seven guys on that roster who are so athletic. They're going to throw down some crazy dunks. We're going to be seeing highlights all year. We're going to see LaMelo bounce the ball off before for alley Well, stuff. and I mean, I think, I'm, I think we talked about this in, in a different episode, but how those now second-year players didn't have a full training camp last year. There were like no practices during the regular season because they had games back-to-back-to-back. And you right, factor right. in LaMelo got injured. I could see him having like a pretty incredible year too. Like I think, especially with the pieces around him, if Gordon Hayward can stay healthy, I think he yeah. could, he could actually very much take a huge step into stardom. Not that he are, hasn't already, but I could totally see it. I want to say, so there's a lot of, there's a lot of young teams in the, in the league right now, Pelicans, Rockets, uh, Timberwolves, the Kings, I guess you can kind of put in there. Grizzlies, um, Atlanta Hawks are pretty young. We talk about uh, we talked about the Magic. Uh, we we haven't talked about Magic. you know the Magic Raptors Hornets, all the, uh, the Cavaliers. The teams I'm excited to watch. The teams that are going to be bad that I'm still excited to watch. They're all in the East. I don't know if that's a good thing. I don't know if that's a bad thing, but I'm, I'm excited to see the Cavs and what they can do. Darius the combo up front, Sexland. You know, I mean they might trade away half of Sexland because they don't want to extend them, but. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying. Like, I think that there's a lot of intriguing young teams that, you know, it's not like I'm going to go into a game. I think the only one that I'm not thrilled to watch, and like, even so, I will watch a couple of their games. I don't really care about Orlando's team, the way it's constructed right now. Like, I want to see subs, but that's like it, kind of. Uh, yeah. Wendell Carter Jr., no? I guess Gary that's Harris. true. In, like, in their new home. <laughs> They did strap. They drafted um, Wagner, and they brought in his brother. So, true, true, true. I guess that's yeah, interesting. Folds if he comes boys. back. Isaac if he comes back. They got they got some athleticism. Yeah, they have Jonathan Isaac, but he gets injured so often that I can't. Right. So I, I mean, yeah, there's a lot to be. That's why I'm excited. A little preseason basketball never hurt anyone. Uh, you know, just to, flick on a game at night. You never know who I'm you're going to see. I'm trying to see the seven footer lineup from the Cavs. I'm trying to see uh, Jarrett Allen, uh, Taco. Ta- I mean, not Taco. Jarrett Allen, Lori Markman, um, who's the guy they just drafted. I can't remember his name. Oh, uh, uh, Mobley. Mobley. They have they have like four guys who could potentially start on the floor at the same time and all be around seven feet. Yeah. Would that yeah, be a they good have lineup? A lot of big guys. No, I mean, like that's but, why. If you're down 30 points in a game, why wouldn't you run that lineup? Well, I don't understand trading for Markman when you have when you just you got Mobley, you had you just extended Jared Allen, like you had a ton of height. And then yeah. you're like, hey, you know, yeah, it's fine. We'll just take some more. Maybe he'll learn something under Kevin Love and he'll turn into something great. But I mean, maybe, but Kevin Love might be out of there too. I also think Mobley, I think a lot of people underestimate how well he'll how well he'll be able to play like a small forward type role. Yeah. I think we all see, we're all like, oh, he's seven feet tall. He's going to play center. I, I wouldn't be shocked. I think it's going to take time for him to develop that portion of his game. He seems way more of a, he's as far as more, looking like a three, more of like a spot up shooter than a, you know, I'm going to go create my own shot. But like, I do think he can do 100%. that more in the post, at least starting out. If he's going to create his own shot, it's going to be within 10. 10 feet it's going to be in the post yeah exactly but at the same time like he could step out and he could he could be a wing Let, let's say you're you know let's well, say you're playing I mean, that's the like marketing and allen 
if you need him to, I feel like you could put him in the corner and let him one thrive there. I think we'll see some minutes at small forward. I don't think we'll see big minutes at small forward, but right. No, I we'll see. I, I think that the those uh, again, like you mentioned, a lot of these Eastern Conference teams have a lot that they could work with to experiment because they're kind of in a position where they know they're not contending, but they're they very clearly have a roadmap to do so. And so you're going to start to figure out what works, what doesn't, and then start building around what does work. So you're right. I when think you, we could easily see you, some interesting combos. When you're getting blown out by the Bucks, you play your crazy lineups. Yeah, I mean, why not? At some point, you got to experiment. And also, like, whatever. You can sit some guys every once in a while, and it'll be fine. If, if you let Mobley run point for a game and bring out your seven-foot lineup. Hey, <laughs> Taco would play point guard. You're right. He's got to get in there. Got to get a little guard. Yeah. Um, but all right, we've we've effectively been on for a while, Luke. So why don't we wrap this? Yeah, why don't we wrap this guy up? It's also it's my bedtime. I got I got work and class tomorrow, uh, so I got a I got a big day. It's only eight o'clock for me. I know. I'm to do for the next two hours. Yeah. It's it's coming up on eleven. I'm gonna get some sleep. I'm gonna be dreaming about this conversation in basketball. So <laughs> it's, a, it's a good way to end my night. But all right, great, um, sweet. <laughs> All right, so for those of you who have made it this far, this is the Hoop Troop Podcast. Join us next time for some more uh, preseason action. <laughs>